This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Thursday November 4th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside a man who is ready for primetime in the Big 12, Jerem Jordan. Now, when you say primetime, that's fun, because Chris Hummer of 24-7 Sports Reports, TCU is working to uh, try and interview Deion Sanders for the opening there, who's head coach at Jackson State, so okay. we get primetime, like you said. And reps with uh, Cowboys OC and member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints as of a couple years ago, Kellen Moore. Uh, have reached out to the Horned Frogs. So what if BYU's playing TCU with uh, Deion Sanders or Kellen Moore as head coach? That'd be fun. That TCU head job was paying over $6 million a year. That's incredible. That's enticing. I doubt they pay that much to the next person because Gary Patterson had earned his way into that, like won a Rose Bowl. So, I, yeah, six is a lot. That's got to be in the upper echelon of college football. There's a statue of Gary Patterson in front of the stadium. I'm wearing purple to support the Horn Frogs. No, that's an accident. That's interesting. I, I uh, Do we not build statues for people on campus because we think it's idol worship? Is that why? I've never had that answered for me. I guess I haven't asked the right people. Because why is it – you know what I really want? I want a Lavelle statue. I want a quarterback factory kind of row that people can take photos with. I think that'd be cool. You know how the Yankees in center field have like the the legend cemetery or yep. garden or whatever it is? We should have that for the quarterbacks and the All-Americans. That'd be fun. Okay. Do we think it's idol worship? Do we put one up of Michelle Peralta <laughs> just because? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Are we formally presenting this idea right now over the air on national television? It's Maybe? informally because it's not written. Uh, fun fact about Gary Patterson, his son, Cade, BYU graduate. Not, a lot of people don't know that. How about that? So he Does that has, mean Gary's uh, a member of La Iglesia? That I don't, I don't, I don't know. know the that situation. I do not know. Like, I know Mike is. I know his, I don't know, it's going to church on Sunday. I don't really care, but yeah. <laughs> Home, homie got dunked, right? Regardless <laughs> of who takes the job in Fort Worth at TCU, we've got a show lineup worthy of primetime, including how BYU football can help their own cause in pursuit of a coveted New Year's Six Bowl game in 2021. And what kind of help from other teams does BYU need? Plus, basketball game day for the men and women at BYU. We preview the exhibition doubleheader and what has to happen before the results really start to count. We'll do so with men's basketball assistant coach Cody Feger, who will join us live, and an NBA alum, one of our favorites, the head coach of BYU women's basketball, Jeff Judkins, is back in Studio B. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. You know it tonight's, right? Ball night! Yep. Men's hoops, final tune-up for the regular season. Tonight in an exhibition against Division II foe Colorado Christian, whose head coach Liam Simmons is the stepbrother of Ben Simmons of the Sixers, who's kind of with the Sixers. Tonight, 9 Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Pre-game begins on TV at 8.30 Eastern. Oh, I didn't realize Ben Simmons was still voluntarily playing ben, in the NBA. Is Ben Simmons still, Simmons still in the NBA? <laughs> That's the question. BYU women's basketball will debut just hours before the men's team. They host Westminster this afternoon, 4 Eastern, 2 p.m. Mountain Time local yeah. in an exhibition contest before they open up the real season against Lipscomb 
on Tuesday. Ladies first in this Thursday doubleheader. Number 15, BYU football. That sounds nice. Mm-hmm. Really nice. It's getting ready for Idaho State on Saturday. Offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick says BYU's going to put up a hunt. No, he didn't say that. Says the staff was up front about how to handle number 15. We're trying not to uh, be, you know, overly focused on that, but you, you have to be honest with with yourself and with the players. Like, hey, this happened. You know, they're going to go in the locker room and talk about it and look at their phones and all that stuff. So, it is. It's better just to be direct with them and say, hey, that's a cool thing. It's nice to be recognized, um, but it doesn't mean anything if we don't keep playing well. Amen. Game's on BYU TV this week. Hey. Always on BYU Radio. Listen to pregame coverage starting at 1.30 Eastern on the radio. Then BYU TV's countdown to kickoff is at 2 Eastern. BYU Football Center and team captain James Empey named one of the 12 semifinalists for the Werfel Trophy, which is college football's premier award for community service. We should be in this every year. Oh, boy. A player from BYU for sure. Sorry, I thought yeah. for a second you were saying we, you and I should be in this. No, 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 we don't do anything. <laughs> Empia Jr. has worked with Kalani Satake's More to Life Foundation in California and New York and organized football's involvement with the My Tiny Hero program in Utah, raising awareness for a condition called congenital diaphragmatic hernia. Empia has started all 41 games he's played in over his BYU career. Finalist for the award will be announced on November 22nd. Number 12, women's soccer beat Portland yesterday 3-0 in the 5-0-3, where head coach Jennifer Rockwood grew up. Thanks to a brace from Bella Felino and the game winner from Rachel McCarthy in the 32nd minute, all three goals scored by reserves. Cougars are tied with Santa Clara at 7-1 in league play with 21 points. Going into the final week of the regular season, massive game versus number 16 Pepperdine Saturday night on uh, Senior Night on the BYU TV app. It's also game day for sixth-ranked BYU women's volleyball. They'll take on Gonzaga tonight, 8 Eastern on the road. Let's go, Mark Field. Pursuit of perfection. The Cougs remain undefeated in the WCC, 11-0 in conference play. Currently have a 14-match winning streak rolling. The ladies, number one in the NCAA in both hitting percentage, 345, and opponent hitting percentage, limiting opponents to just 112. No, it's, it's ugly out there, man. They're dominating. Uh, ugly for the opponents, fun for Brigham. Sherry Scabaland has been named the BYU swimming and diving head coach after acting as the interim head coach since April. The Cougars are in Vegas tomorrow competing against UNLV. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by Tim Daly Nissan, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. And you know what? It's time to help the Cougar football cause. 15th-ranked BYU has six weeks and three games left to prove they still deserve a New Year's Six bowl game nod. They'll definitely need some help from other teams. Scoreboard watching will be epic. But first question is, Jerem, can BYU do anything on its own to climb into the top 10 of the college football playoff rankings? No. I don't think BYU can beat Idaho State, beat the bye, beat Georgia Southern, and beat USC and climb five spots. It has to be other teams losing combined with BYU winning convincingly. Obviously, BYU's got to win, but BYU needs to win convincingly against, uh, obviously, Idaho State. Georgia Southern in two weeks. And then BYU needs to beat USC by 17-plus. That's got to happen. But when you look at people in front of BYU, I don't know that there's going to be enough losses to get up five spots. That feels like a lot. Like I don't feel like Bama, uh, Michigan State, Oregon, Ohio State, Cincy, 
Michigan are going to fall too far. Granted, Michigan plays Ohio State still and Penn State, but Penn State lost to Illinois, so who knows what Penn State is. Oklahoma's going to lose, though. Oklahoma at 8, I start. it starts to get interesting for me. Oklahoma's playing Baylor next week. Mm-hmm. Massive game. Go Baylor. Let's go. Um, Oklahoma State as well, who's ranked 11. So they play two of the top 12 already. And Oklahoma disrespected at 8 and undefeated. Like, I think they think they should be, like, number 3, right? Okay, number 9, Wake Forest. Do we really believe Wake Forest is going to stay in the top 10? No, they're a three-point underdog at 4-4 four and four North Carolina this weekend. They still have number 19, North Carolina State. They still have Clemson. I know Clemson struggle, but still Clemson. Number 10, Notre Dame. They don't play anybody. Navy, Virginia, Georgia Tech, Stanford. Go they, Virginia. They might, yeah. Well, is Brandon Armstrong out? I don't know. Uh, number 11, Oklahoma State. They still play Oklahoma, right? West Virginia, TCU, Texas Tech, two of those three teams that I just, four teams I just mentioned fired their coaches. So I, I don't know. They'll still win. Baylor's got Oklahoma still left. Auburn Auburn has two, uh, three ranked teams, including Alabama. Auburn's out of there. Um, and then Texas A&M. Auburn could have five losses by the end of the regular season. <laughs> Seriously. And then Texas A&M has 13th-ranked Auburn, 16th-ranked Mississippi, still unranked LSU. So there's – I think BYU can get up to, like, 12th or something. That's what it feels like. Maybe 11th. In the top 10 would be a stretch. Feels That's like. the number, 12, that we have kind of pointed to in the past, right? Okay, got to be in the top 12 in the college football playoff rankings to feel like you have a legitimate shot of getting into a New Year's Six bowl game. Well, but maybe. It depends on what bowl games are in the playoff. It Like, every year is very Every year is different, and let's talk about that. Because auto champs get yes, in or not. Yes, let's talk about that. You know? And it's not a great year for it. It no. feels like there will be three spots. Yeah. However, if, in the playoff, if Cincinnati makes the college football playoff, yeah. that fulfills the group of five auto bid requirement – thus opening up another at-large spot. Do we actually think Cincy's going to get in the playoff? Who knows what it would I, take to get Cincinnati in the playoff? I don't feel like it. They just put them at six. Does they it have like, to be mass carnage at three, four, and five for Cincinnati yeah. to hopefully get in at number like, four? Georgia's going to get in. They're get, they're, Georgia's not going to lose twice. Is Alabama going to lose? Probably not. They might lose to Georgia in the SEC title game. So two loss Alabama with a loss at Texas A&M and a loss in the SEC championship game, would they get into the college football playoff? Two loss Alabama is getting in, you'd think. Given the history here, this has happened. Over an undefeated team like Cincinnati. Yeah. I can Probably. see that scenario happening. I yeah. can, But if Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship game, oh, it's a done deal. The SEC will have two one-loss teams in the college football playoff. Yeah. So really it feels like there's nothing that can happen in the SEC outside of another shocker, Alabama losing to the likes of maybe LSU this week or Auburn, they, which is just not going to happen. 13th ranked Auburn. I mean, it's happened before where Alabama looked unbeatable and was undefeated, but probably not. Okay, so Cincinnati, the first thing that all BYU fans should hope for is that Cincinnati can somehow, through a backdoor channel, through mass carnage <laughs> from spots three, four, and five above them, can get into the top four. Michigan State can lose to Ohio State. And Absolutely, get they can. Oregon can easily be displaced. If you can lose to Stanford, you can lose to a lot of teams. So here's okay. the thing, though. But they have the best win in college football at Ohio State. The second thing that needs to happen is the college football playoff. And again, we just documented this is unlikely because the SEC looks like they're going to get two teams in. If there are four teams from four different conferences in the college football playoff, that bodes a little bit better for BYU as well based on potential tie-ins and 
the spread of the automatic bids over the four conferences. It's going to be example, hard to displace one of those teams, though. Like, like when Virginia went to the Orange Bowl, it's because uh, you know Clemson had gone to the playoff. It depends on where the national championship game is. The AC, it's the Orange Bowl this year is one of the national semifinals. So if the ACC team were to get in to the college football playoff, that would, that. that would fulfill yeah. the auto bid. Yeah. But the ACC is not good this year. No, the ACC is terrible. So some people are like, no, 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 root for Wake Forest to make the college football playoff. Not gonna That's not going to happen. They playoff. they can't do enough. They're number nine right now. They and they have they have who are they going to play that matters? NC State's the only ranked team left on the schedule. Then there's the idea that you know what teams above BYU, all teams above BYU just need to lose. And my guy Ryan Teeples, some of them win. Pointed this out to other. me yesterday. <laughs> there there are some nuanced things that could happen with a team like Oklahoma and a team like Oregon and Wake Forest that would better suit BYU if they are still above BYU and not allowing another team from somewhere way down the line to win the auto bid and then thus creating a scenario where, let's say Oregon loses the Pac-12 championship game, but they're number five Mm. and they drop to number nine or ten. Then Oregon's going to get in along with – whoever wins the Pac-12 championship game and go to the Rose Bowl, so Oregon takes another at-large spot. So you need the Pac-12 to have one team. You need the Big 12 to have one team. Yeah, Utah wants Oregon to go to the playoffs, so it can go to the Rose Bowl. Rose Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. Okay? It's, it's very, very interesting. I don't believe with two losses, BYU is going to get into a New Year's Six. I, it, it's fun to like talk through all the scenarios. I just don't believe it actually going to happen. A lot of things need to happen. The chances don't seem great based on everything. But you know they're what? Not, if no, there, if there is a college football season that would produce this, it's this year because it has been unprecedented. An average of six teams per week are losing in the top 25. An average. Great. It's great. And we anticipate that more of that will happen this weekend because it just happens every week right now, it feels it like. It ain't happening in Provo this week, that's for sure. It's, it's a fun conversation for sure. You know what sucks, though? To go from the possibility of New Year's Six to Independence Bowl, like that, <laughs> no offense to the Independence Bowl, but that gap is really wide. Yeah, does BYU want to play Oklahoma State in the Fiesta Bowl or UTEP in the Independence Bowl? Very disappointing. That gap is very wide. Our question of the day. What I'm, I'm happy. 15th, 72. I'm happy. They're in the conversation. I'm happy. Because of Six. that. BYU is in the conversation because of the number 15 rank. I'm good. I don't need to be in the New Year's Six to be happy. I'm great right now. I'm great. We're going to dive into, in detail, and I'll send these out over Twitter, what needs to happen. Well, all the, Again, I sent out a, a, a preemptive strike on the teams that BYU needs to root for. Things have changed a little bit after some conversations I've had. Let's hear from you, BYU Sports Station, and get to our question of the day. What can BYU do in its own to climb the college football playoff rankings? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. David Woolsey on Twitter. Shut out Idaho State. Allow only one score from Georgia Southern. Fill the Coliseum with BYU fans. Bulls like to know they can BYU didn't, stadiums. BYU didn't fill up LES on Saturday. That was an 8-15 kickoff on Halloween weekend. I'm giving him an excuse. Okay. And, I was and David Woolsey says they have to beat USC by 10 plus. See, I agree with Seven, that. 17. Oh. Let's go. That's a lot. Well, are a you a lot at USC? BYU will probably Utah be like it. a touchdown favorite. 
Utah did. Let's go. They'll probably be like a five <laughs> to a seven point favorite, I would yeah, think. No, a double digit win is nice. Trust me. Yeah, I'm good. Coming up, is BYU an immediate threat in the Big 12? One prominent figure in the game, believe so. And BYU basketball men's assistant coach Cody Feger joins us as BYU basketball prepares for their exhibition opener tonight. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The Brigham Young University men's basketball team will play Colorado Christian tonight. Watch or listen to this at 9 Eastern time in Hay on BYU TV. We've got this pregame. Come down to tip off Ty Hosenhaus, 830 Eastern. You started that so formally. Yes, I felt like being a little more formal. It's a cougar on cougar situation. Yeah, let's go. We are live in Studio B. This is okay, your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. That's, that's your wannabe Greg doing... <laughs> Doing run. <laughs> My name is Spencer Linton. I'm teamed up with Jerem Jordan. It is our pleasure to welcome in BYU men's basketball assistant coach Cody Feger with us yeah. once again in the studio, Bizzle, as we prepare for an exhibition showdown now, with Colorado Christian tonight. Let's talk about this first. Your dad was in studio and in the building last week, got a tour. It was great to have him here. He watches the show. In uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, him and my mom watch That's amazing. all your guys' show anytime you're talking about. He's basketball. our one rating point <laughs> in all of Wisconsin. In Wisconsin. They absolutely yeah. love you that's, guys. That's very so. nice. Just wanted to self-aggrandize, I guess, for a moment. But, <laughs> no, it was great to have him because, listen, the Cougar fans are all over the country connecting, even in Wisconsin, which yeah. is super cool. Yeah. I mean, every time they're like, did you see Jerem and Spencer talk about this? I'm like... I got a job to do. No, I, I was working. Exactly what they got going on. I was working. I can't I, watch the show every I, day. I don't want to hear what they have to say. We have a team to coach. Listen, your they parents don't. will tell you if we say anything of prominence. Exactly. Well, Which this, you probably don't hear much that, from them. That happens in the Satake household as well. Kalani said, hey, I was told you said this on the show. What happened with Bo- you know, Boise State? Our blowout, we blew them out, so it's not a classic game or whatever. And I was like, you won by too much. I'm sorry. It's not an you know, all-time game. It somehow gets back to the, uh, the head, guys. Cody Fieger is with us on BYU Sports Nation exhibition game tonight. What's the number one goal of an exhibition contest when you know you've got a game that really counts in the standings less than a week away? Um, the number one goal for our guys is going to be protecting the ball offensively, right, and sharing the ball offensively. Those are the two main things. And then defensively is rebound and be there on the catch because this team is all about shooting threes. They're going to shoot a ton of threes tonight. So we've got to make sure they're uh, we're there on the catch and make them do something different. How do you quantify taking care of the ball and distributing the ball? Is it um, great turnovers or is there a different metric you look No, at? no, turnovers, turnovers for that. And then sharing the ball, uh, we talk about assist opportunities. Okay. So this so, isn't assists because sometimes there's a missed shot. Correct. So you're tracking that? That number, like, oh, this would have been an assist had the shot gone in. Exactly, and we know, like, some of our, our, our you know, Tijon, Alex, if those guys are at, like, 13, we know we really shared the what ball. What does 13 mean? Assist so opportunities? 13, 13 assist total. Oppor- yep, 13 Each for the game. combined? Uh, no, com- uh, total. Total, yeah. combined, okay. So make sure, make sure we're sharing the ball. Gotcha. And what's the turnover number that you're trying to stay at or under? Um, I mean, this team's not a huge pressure team, so 8 oh. to 10. Okay, so it varies depending on the opponent. Yeah, yeah, very varies depending on the opponent. Gotcha. And, and uh, it'll be fun. You know, Alex hasn't played 
uh, in front of people. You know, he wasn't at the blue-white game. He's there, but didn't play. So excited to get him out there tonight. Yeah. Yeah. So he's playing. Yep. Okay. That's some news. That's great. <laughs> that was our next question. Is Alex is, Barcella is going to play? How much? Is he now, okay? Now tell us about kind of as much as you want. Like he said, he took a fall. Uh, is he okay? Because being held out of the blue white, it's like whoa, 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 Alex Barcella, what's going on? Uh, yeah, I mean he he landed awkwardly on his back and just kind of had a little whiplash, and he's fine. He's he's good to go. Like he could have played that night, but just want to be you know a little precaution and make sure he's 100% good to go. And it was probably okay that he didn't in terms of like we know what you can do. This isn't a situation where we need you. Yeah, it was great to see, you know, everybody playing together, Tijon yeah. and Hunter getting tons of minutes and it was it, it went exactly how we wanted it to go. The Foos show. Yeah, he was, was he was he was Cini was amazing. Especially that first half. It was crazy, man. <laughs> is it safe to say that Alex Barcelo is going to be a starter, Cody? Oh <laughs> yes. <my gosh. laughs> yes, we can chalk that one up. We've asked a lot of fun questions on the show. That's one of the best. How, how is that process of determining starters and rotation because sometimes we act like, "Hey, what is it? Do you know it now?" It takes like games, weeks, sometimes months, right, to figure that out? Yeah. We, Last year it took like half the season to get Loner and Gideon George into the starting lineup. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be the same way this year. We've got a great roster. We've got a ton of talent on this team and just got to see how it meshes best together. So it's, it's going to take a little while to figure out exactly what we want to do. Is that fun? Is that stressful? How would you describe that process? Because you're dealing with people's livelihoods of – I want to play. I'm here to play. I'm not here to sit on the bench. And sometimes freshmen get anxious, transfer get anxious. Oh, it's it's really hard, right? I mean, it's something that we, as a staff, we think about every day because we want to have the best locker room in America. So it's something that we talk about and we, we talk about with our players. We're completely open with, with, with what is going on. Um, and we try to communicate, you know, what our plans are, and we want to make sure everyone's on the same page. With that openness, how much is that uh, the staff going to a player versus the player coming to you saying, "Hey, well, I have a question"? Or a, sorry. it's both. Yeah, it goes both ways. You know, we're, we're, we just try to be as open as possible, and you know, those, those guys know to come in our offices all day, every day, and we got a great relationship that wise. So well, we talked about the potential frustration these guys will feel because they are competitors, and we discussed that with Mark Pope on Media Day, among others. Why do you feel like this team has the mental makeup to be able to handle a shifting rotation and some of the frustration that undoubtedly will come? Yeah, um, I mean, we're going to go through it this year, right? It's, it's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. But our, our leaders, you know, Coach Pope is so unselfish. Our, our leaders are unselfish. Alex Barcelo, Tijon, like our leaders are that way. So that's, that's the way this team needs to be put together. Which of the freshmen is best positioned to make an impact early in the season, you think? Uh, I mean, I think we saw it in the blue-white scrimmage. I mean, Foose has a chance to play play good good amount of minutes right away, you know, with what he's been doing and how hard he's been working. But we can go down the line. Like, Atiki, you know, he's – you guys saw some of the things he can do. Trey Stewart, I mean, we got a lot of guys that are in there battling as freshmen right now. And um, it, it's been fun to watch. How many guys do you plan on playing tonight? Whew. It just depends on how the game goes, you know. Um, hopefully everyone gets a chance to play um, and play together. I mean, that's the, that's the biggest thing, right? Are they playing together? Is the dynamic and the nerves that come with playing in front of fans different? Have, have you Are you worried about that? Because it is going to be different. They've played a year with really without fans in large part. How do you think they're going to handle that? Oh, they'll handle it great. We've actually had so many different people coming into our practices and then playing in that blue-white scrimmage was huge. You guys have been around, haven't you? We, we need more time. 
We want to be in there. Right. We like you guys. Okay. <laughs> we, want, we want you guys around more. Um, but, uh, yeah, the blue-white scrimmage, it was it was huge, yeah. right? The lights were on, and the guys were still sharing the ball like crazy. Now it got a little sticky in the second half, and that's something that we talked about and we showed them, and that's just something that, that we're going to keep on improving all year long. It, it, the clock wasn't sticky, though. We started a running clock. <laughs> the second half was like, let's we, – we got stuff to go that, to. Let's go. That first half was really long. It seemed like it was, yeah, it was forever. Long. It was just a lot of dunks from Foose and threes. It was crazy. Yeah. Okay, so the season's next Tuesday. Obviously, you, you can't change a ton of things between now and then, but what do you love about the team right now that you're like, okay, Tuesday, this will be on display? Um, Tuesday, I feel like we're really going to share the ball. I feel like we're doing that at a really high level, and um, they, they really love each other right now. Like I, I think that's huge, and, and I'm really excited about that. Um, and they're ready to go compete. They're ready to go play against somebody else. Like They're going to play really stinking hard, so we're really excited about that. Okay, so a known there. What's the biggest question mark you have about this team going into the games? Um, whew. Defensively. Defensively, are we going to be on it, right? Are we going to um, know our assignments exactly right? And because we've got a lot of really good pieces, so you know, with it, with us changing different defensive coverages, can can we be on it communication-wise? Cleveland State, San Diego State, it's like right out of the gate you're playing Oregon, some teams that are Oregon. Bring, and then Oregon. It's like, oh my gosh, um, with this schedule. So how, how's the team kind of mentally? Obviously, there's some young pieces, but there's some real vets on the team that have been around that are kind of ready for that challenge. And in hoops, and as we've seen in football with BYU this week, playing a challenging schedule is something you have to do and you guys choose to do. Yeah, you have to do, and that's what Coach Pope does. Like He wants the best at all times, and... Like these are, like you said, these are three really good teams coming up, and we've been preparing. You know, we've watched so much film on Cleveland State, you know, San Diego State, and Oregon already that we've already sprinkled in what they do offensively and defensively the last three weeks. Cody Feger is with us on BYU Sports Nation. I can't believe we've waited this long to ask you about it, but are you worried about your Green Bay Packers <laughs> and the quarterback situation that's going on up there? Yeah, I'm. I'm really worried about it because it's a Utah State guy. No, Jordan Love. <laughs> no, it's just we're missing the guy, right? Yeah. We're missing the guy. I mean, yeah. last week we were missing a couple receivers and our D coordinator, but we're missing the guy right now. So, are you okay with this old school chin strap? Like, would you wear that one? Or would I would not. I would no. not. When I was kinda... in high school, I wore a better one, right? Yeah, it's like <laughs> hilarious. That yeah, is the old one still. <laughs> I mean, Brett Favre wearing the same chin strap, you know? Right. And probably Bart Starr, too. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like same exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if you didn't know, Cody is very, very devout Green Bay Packers. Well, fan. you and Tijon Lucas have this little, you know, click on the team of, like, Milwaukee sports, right? Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. You guys versus the world. Yeah. And, you know, Trevin, Trevin tries to jump in there a little bit. You know, he's got some family that are Packers fans. Oh, so, so he's a like bit. a closet Packers fan? or? Well, he, he talks about him. I oh. know his family He's is. like the third wheel in that conversation? We bring him in sometimes. <laughs> when things are going well? Yeah. Does he say we? We're talking about the Packers? Oh, yeah. He's like, what oh, okay. happened to us? You know, yeah, last okay, week, okay. You know? Interesting. Yeah. So he's, he's fun about Don't it use too. that pronoun in vain. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh... Cody, let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma to distribute evenly among your coaching staff and your team tonight for the game against Colorado Christian. We appreciate the insight into what's going on. We'll be looking for the uh, sharing of the ball and then how the team comes out defensively. Yeah. 
and Thank the, you guys. And the moment we get you access to the building and we get access with the thumbprint is the moment we're definitely. Well, let's get that done Because we need to give you access if you're. Yeah, I get it. I get let's it. get it done. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Thanks, Cody. The powers that be, Thanks, let's go. Coming up, did Ju- Jeff Judkins get snubbed by the uh, NBA? Oh, and will BYU drop another 60 spot in football this week? This is BYU Sports Nation. What if BYU scores less than they did against Virginia? Inside of a You gotta look impressive. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. The final home game of the season for BYU football, the only place to watch the game, BYU TV. Coverage begins with countdown to kickoff at 2 Eastern. Kickoff coming up at 3.30 Eastern on BYU, BYU TV and the app. He is Jerem. I am Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show at any point throughout the day, follow us on the social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. ESPN's Kirk Herbstreit said the following in a podcast this week about Klein Stock and BYU. Quote, Klein Stock is one of the greatest coaches in the profession. I covered him as a player, and he played the game just like he coaches. Great dude. Love that guy. You'd want to play for him. He's that kind of coach. Man, he's he is taking over this program and has built consistency. It's been good to see. Here's a big one. They'll go in the Big 12 as a real threat with him at the helm. Is BYU going to be a real threat in the Big 12 in 2023? Based on what we've seen over the past two seasons and BYU's now ability to handle a Power 5-like schedule, then they're a threat for sure. Like, who, who in the Big 12 do we look at right now and think, yeah, BYU's no way they could hang with that team? There's not a team on the Big 12 rundown that I look at and think, there's no way BYU could win that game, including Oklahoma, who is the head of the Big 12 right now. It will be tougher than we think, and BYU has done it this year. It's fantastic. This has been an outlier season. I need to see consistency for a couple years before I believe that BYU is a real threat. A threat, we're talking about winning the league. If BYU is an A-plus win team Oh, now, so are you talking, you're talking so he said, now real threat to me is different than they're going to win the league. Oh, well, real threat to take third? Like, what else would you it be? can beat any team in the league is what I took it as. Oh, a real threat? Well, can beat, sure, but will BYU win, go 6-3 and three consistently in the Big 12? I think it'll take a sec. Ask Utah what it was like to integrate into a Power 5. They went 5-7 and seven, See, two of the first three than, years. That's different, though, because Why? BYU has already changed, like, the schedules are already transitioning in independence. Like Utah went from Mountain West you f- straight to a Pac-12 schedule. True. Do you feel like BYU will be nine and four consistently in the Big 12? I feel like it'll at first will be like make a bowl game, figure it out. Because this season is an outlier. This season does not prove BYU is ready for the Big 12 right now. It means okay, they can do something like this every now and then. This is the second season ever BYU's had a winning record against Power Fives when playing four plus. Like. There's a lot to prove still. This season's awesome. Real threat, and it'll take a sec. Just the dynamic of at least playing, even if BYU didn't win a ton of games against Power Fives, playing more Power Fives will help the transition go more smoothly. I, I agree. I'm trying to quantify that and like, <laughs> are you take are you in the top four of the league consistently? Like that may take a couple years to build the depth, I think. Jeremy, what's the chance Idaho State's defense does what Power 5 Virginia could not do and hold BYU to 65 points or fewer? The only team that's going to hold BYU under 66 is BYU Saturday. Yeah, listen, just put the pedal to the metal. Let's go. Score 70. It's not Kalani's deal. I know that there's this sportsmanship aspect and like all this. (laughs) You know what? Now is not the time for sportsmanship when you're trying to prove something and... BYU's paying good money to this team to come and get their butts kicked. 
Is it that good? A mil? Is that good money? Um, Pay him money. Like, deal with the result. BYU's high under Kalanistake in a game against an FCS team is 66. The rest were between 20 and 42. I'm hoping this team puts up 70-plus because, listen, you've got a pop on the college football playoff. But BYU is going to be more sportsmanlike than they ever will be competitive. A 50-point win will pop. 50-point well, win. Well, that'll will happen. Pop. They don't need 70 then. <laughs> Bullseason.com, which is very limited content right there, has BYU playing UTEP in the Independence Bowl. We're talking about number 15 BYU. And <laughs> How do you feel about an old whack game minus headset gate? Uh, you know what? I'm not excited about the potential of playing UTEP. Oh, that's terrible. No. BYU's 15th. No. Why? Like, uh. if BYU's playing an undefeated UTSA team, at least that's a Even. little bit. At least that's a little bit interesting because you have an undefeated team. Yes, and a they're little bit. To, they're trying to yes. prove something, right? So a little bit. Interesting. There's some context there. That's the only conference USA team I would be kind of okay with in the Independence Bowl. The snobbery has begun from us. It has begun. <laughs> CBS's Matt Norlander, speaking of basketball now, has Alex Barcelo as the third best non-Gonzaga mid-major player. Is Barcelo the best non-Gonzaga West Coast Conference player, Jeremy? Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Agreed. By far. He's tremendous. Yep. Next question, and there isn't one. Coming up. How snobby will we be when BYU's in the Big 12? <laughs> well, there and is a question. Rise and shout out to a repeat guy because he was one of our favorites. Plus, you've waited long enough. Jeff Judkins, NBA veteran, alumna, alumnus, I should say, makes his return to Studio B. The season's starting. He's here next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Yeah, it's the Big 12. Yeah. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Women's Hoops, final exhibition for the ladies, getting ready for Lipscomb next week, the regular season opener, taking on Westminster for Eastern this afternoon on the BYU TV app. Check it out. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. We now welcome in one of our show favorites, Jeff Judkins. Yeah, baby. NBA veteran, longtime <laughs> basketball great. How long has it been? Current women's basketball head coach. Been out? What do you mean? Well, since playing? we haven't had you in studio. It's been. God, it's been this thing called a pandemic. Yeah, it's been. It's been. It's been hard. Has it been yeah. like two years? Has it's been, it been that it's, long? It's been a, yeah, at least a year and a half. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah, it's, it's been a long it's time. It's good to see you in person in studio. It's good to be What's here. On, man? <laughs> I enjoy this. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> I enjoy talking ball with you guys. So we have a little bit of an issue with what the NBA did with their uh, 75th anniversary team. They didn't include. One Jeff Judkins. Oh, boy. <laughs> Do you feel snubbed not being a part of the 75th anniversary? Team? You and Clay Thompson, right? Yeah, I really feel bad about that. You know, <laughs> you, you're right. You know, my jersey in the Celtic is retired. Did you know that? <laughs> you it's and not, it's, number, it's number 32, which was Kevin McHale's number, which got retired. So I look and say, hey, that's my number. It's my nice. They retired me. But um, yeah, you know, there's a lot of great players. I, I saw some of those names and. I was fortunate to play against a lot of them. So, um, but they're very, very. I mean, what an honor. I mean, Clay Thompson. It'd be. It's hard to say what would happen. You know, he's he's got to be close to there, like what his number was. I mean, there's there's some other guys I'm sure that felt they deserved it too. But um, you know, I had that board in my. You guys have seen it. I have. It's the, incredible. The 50 top players. Yes. And of course, the head of it is Michael Jordan, and there's Bird and Magic on the side of him, and. 
when I look at that every day, I think about they're the they're the ones that made basketball. They the league became the league when those guys were in it. Oh yeah, man. You played with and against those guys. I did. That's I did. It was so fun. Did you ever guard any of those three? I guarded Magic practice, Johnson Larry all Bird. the time. I guarded Bird in practice. I guarded I didn't get in the league. My I was out of the league when Michael Jordan came in in 94. That's probably the greatest draft. 94 draft. Oh, the 84 eight, draft? Eight, or the 84, 84 draft. 84 draft, I mean, yeah. yes. Yeah, excuse me. 84 is when I, when, I, when I retired or basically got let go. I didn't decide I wanted to retire. but Just say you retired. It's pure. Yeah, yeah, it's probably better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I didn't get to play against him. But I'll rest on bottom on there, yes. That's amazing. How many, so 70, top 75, right? How many zeros do we need to add before you feel comfortable that you're in the top whatever in the NBA? 750? Seventy five hundred. God, not seventy five hundred. Come on. <laughs> no. Um, you know, thousand. <laughs> no. I can't remember. I know the time. There's what? I can't remember. A hundred or two hundred and something players in the NBA when I played. So, yeah. You know, I was. You were one of I, the best two hundred players in the world, God, Jeff. That's right. That's how, that's how you have to look at it. That's amazing. You know, I, I remember sometimes I get down on myself and say, "God, I didn't play and I didn't do this," and my family would say, "Jeff." You're one of 250 players in the world that's playing. And you look at that and you say, yeah, that is pretty special. And how many guys can say their dream, they got a chance to do their dream? Don't. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. Did Jeff Judkins have a better NBA career than Jimmer? We'll discuss after the break. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Today, oh my hey, it would have been different. The three-pointer. Oh, yeah. right. The more Johnny teams. or Jimmer. Brandon you Davies versus Kyle Collinsworth. <laughs> no. uh, today's exhibition, certainly. Final tune-up for this team. Hey, you have like the same team, and then you added a bunch of freshmen. Is it hard to integrate those freshmen into a team that you felt was really good already? You, got, you guys won a game in the NCAA tournament. The game you lost was to the NCAA runner-up Arizona. Yeah. How, how, is, how difficult has that been? Um, that's been the hardest thing, is trying to – you have veterans who've been here, understand everything, and you don't want to lose them in practice or lose them in something, but you have these young freshmen that need time themselves. Um, example helps. When you have veterans that are good examples, um, I think you see a lot more in the NBA probably than you do college, especially men's basketball. The good players leave, and so you never have that. But, but in the NBA, you have a veteran put their arm around a young rookie and say, hey, here, here you go, and we'll, we'll take care of you. Um, my seniors have been awesome. You know, in fact, my upperclassmen, you got to look at Lauren and Shaley and, Smy- and, and Smiler, and those, those guys have been great, great examples too. And this freshman class is good, I'm telling you. They're, they're good. Uh, you'll see when they start playing some of them. Two of them aren't going to be playing. They'll probably redshirt. But the other four are going to play, and you're, you're going to see some, some really good, good things from them. Jeff Judkins is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Let's focus on the upperclassmen because your team is loaded and not surprisingly picked to win the West Coast Conference. Jeremy just mentioned a team that won an NCAA tournament game last year, took Arizona to the wire, and you've got high expectations. Shaley Gonzalez, Paisley Harding, Lauren Gustin, Sarah Hampson, uh, then you've got a loaded bench with Tegan Graham and Kaylee Smiler. Jeff, how do you keep everybody happy with minutes and a rotation? Do you feel like you're set in that regard? It's going to be hard, harder this year than last year because of what you said. The, 
the expectation, the players have, have been here, they've, they're doing it. It could be a lot matchup, some of this stuff. Um, and then trying to throw in, I mean, Smyther is playing, you know, when, when Shaley got hurt and Smyther had to, had to take that position for a while, she, she played pretty well as, as on that team. And so it's going to be, you know, I'm going to go by the flow and, and my gut and have, and listen to my assistant coaches and see what they feel about things. And, Try to do what's really best for this team. I mean, they all came back. Yeah, they came back to be at BYU and have fun and all that, but they came back to win a conference championship. They came back to get to the NCAA tournament and um, and not just get in it. You know, they felt like we felt at last year, you know, Paisley got hurt, couldn't play in that game as well as she – with her hand, we were right there. Let's talk about that. And I think we addressed it, uh, but if people forgot – she broke her hand. She broke her hand in the first round game, right? Correct. She broke in the fourth, right at the start of the fourth quarter against Rutgers. She played she through it and made some big shots big in that shot. game. Played after the with broken the broken hand, hand in the second uh, round against Arizona. But that's that, yeah. But that's Paisley. I mean, you know, I mean, Paisley is one of the toughest players I've ever coached, and she competes. And yeah, she'd have played no matter what. I mean, I mean, I could have gone and said, "Hey, Paisley, sit out this or No, Paisley was going to play, and she she was limited. You know, she couldn't do the things that she could do, but her presence on the court was, was really big for us. Um, tougher group to wrangle, uh, your team or your horses right now? <laughs> That's a hard one. No, my horses are pretty tame, so probably my team is <laughs> a little bit harder. <laughs> How are the horses? They're awesome. How I many ride, do you have again? I have six. Six. And I ride them a lot, and I spend a lot of time with them. That's kind of my I go my go to out, you know, to yep. relax and 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 do it. I heard a long time ago. When I think relaxing, I think taking care of horses. That's hard, right? <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. But you love but, it. But I but I enjoy it. But you know the thing is in life, um, to really mentally, and we guys have seen this so with so many athletes. I've done I've done some research, and they say if you can do something you enjoy, that you don't think about it, it just becomes easy and joy it makes you a lot better mentally and that's that's what's been for me i i don't worry about things like people say it's a lot of hard work you know i don't notice it that way it's like coaching i don't coaching's hard work it's a lot of a lot of things that you have to sacrifice and give up but i don't look at it that way and um, i think when you're when you look at it in a positive way like that you can you can do many many great things listen we're going to retire something uh, when that time comes at BYU. I, I'm calling for it. We'll do it in Studio we'll B if we we'll have do to. It we will a, hang a Judkins suit jersey, or something. a suit yeah. jacket, something. Okay? <laughs> the sacrifices that you put in, I, I'm, I kid half, but I'm also serious because you've meant so much to this this program and uh, to well, women's sports at BYU. That means a lot. You know, um, I've tried. I've tried to do the best, and um, I've been really lucky. I've had great players, great coaches, Great people around me, and uh, you know, like like yesterday when you came in and watched a little bit of film. I mean, tell me how many announcers come in and watch film with the team and kind of do that. That's that's something special. Yeah, uh, it's uh, well, I want to be around that team. The you season know, hasn't even around. started, and we're crank. Well, I love it. I'm just emotional. I'm an emotional guy. And are we gonna cry? We're gonna cry some more during this season, then. Winning a WCC championship, That'd be nice. going to the NCAA I hope so. Let's I hope cry you're all, I hope I you're right. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Oh, Jeff, thanks it's, for coming. It's so over. great to talk to you. Let's give you some karma for the. Uh, the yeah, let's get the tonight. karma started now. Let's get no, it rolling. You don't need it tonight, but let's we'll give it to you anyway. Rolling. Okay. <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll have some fun. Looking forward to it today. All right. Thanks, guys. Got him talking about his horses, you know? Got all emotion. Coming up, the elite voice of the day. Plus, who gets the rise and shout out? I think Juddy deserves a rise already, and shout out. Right? Right? Already, right? Rise and shout out. Let's, let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Latest BYU Sin right now is bringing you the cinematic event of the year, the Nakua Brothers, coming to a stadium near you. Check it out on the BYU Sin Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube accounts. BYU Sports Station, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. And you know what? We just mentioned you can always download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Station podcast. Our question of the day, what can BYU football do on its own, its own volition, to climb in the college football playoff rankings? At Grizz, Father Answers on Twitter. Unfortunately, he says, with the remaining games on the schedule, there's nothing really BYU can do to climb the ranks. Got to get help from those above and below. Yeah, I, I'm not sure there's a ton BYU can do. What, like, what if BYU beats Idaho State by 50, Georgia Southern by 38, and Utah by 14? U- USC by 14. USC by 14. Uh, then I think that they've handled their business. Yes, they've but done what they e- could do. Even then, is BYU really climbing up that high, like to the top 10? It feels like that's going to be hard. Well, they've got to do that so that if other teams above and below lose, they merit. Sure. Jumping up a spot right. or two. You control what you can control, but sometimes that's a not enough, right? Like, it's not enough. Um, hopefully hopefully it is, and BYU somehow miraculously – like, he, here's another thing I thought of during the show. If Baylor wins the Big 12, BYU lost that game, but it'd be like another great – like, they sure. value good losses. If Utah goes is the team that goes to the Rose Bowl and they kind of decides that, hey, that win mattered more. Hopefully, like, it's hard for me to root for Utah, but if you told me it, this is what it costs for BYU to somehow sniff a New Year's Six, sure, of course I'm taking it. Here's the tricky part about that. Let's say Baylor beats Oklahoma and wins the Big 12 championship. Oklahoma's only losses to Baylor. Then Oklahoma's taking another at-large spot, yeah. which could be BYU's. Yeah, you need so multiple you, losses. You need one team from the and Big Oklahoma 12, State might be that ACC, team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, BYU can't afford to have all of these conferences with multiple teams getting at-large bids. They, they need, like, one champion that gets the spot and then the rest to fall below. And it's not going to happen. The, the, like, it's just not going to happen. The real issue is that BYU has two losses. That's the biggest issue with this conversation is, oh, the Boise game, it's going to get me. Uh, I don't know how much you, that Boise game would have helped BYU because Baylor's number 12. BYU well, loses to Baylor. Right. So let's say BYU's at, one at 13. Yeah. That maybe they're two spots better if they had beaten Boise right. State. But now you can actually climb into the top ten, and with one loss, you're you you match up more favorably in the conversation. Obviously, with one fewer loss. But I don't believe you can take all the good and then ignore some of the bad. I think you got to take all of it, and that's what the committee will do: is look at the whole resume, right? Um, at, of like BYU's won some games that it in normal years, probably would have lost one or two more of those because they would have turned the ball over. BYU, to its credit, did not, which is awesome. But I'm, te- I'm telling you, this year is extraordinary. And the way BYU's taking care of the ball and the way BYU's been able to beat Power 5 teams, it's been awesome. This doesn't mean this is the new norm and the regular thing. We hope it is. Don't get me wrong. We hope it is. But BYU is going to have uh, similar to harder challenges coming up soon in the Big 12. But it's exciting to see, oh, it can happen. At Ames Flames, our good friend just tweeted in an interesting thought. She said, 
the committee's going to let Cincinnati get close enough to sniff the college football playoff. Fifth. But not get in. They'll be fifth. And they're going to let BYU get close enough to sniff a New Year's <laughs> Six Bowl game, but not let them well, in. Well, BYU did that. Don't lose twice. Don't At lose twice. Ryan Bravik 21, our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, says this. Something otherwise very unchristian-like, and that is, and that is hanging 50 to 60-plus points on Idaho State. That's unchristian-like? And the remaining schedule. Again, we're talking about how BYU can help themselves. So put up 60-plus against Idaho I, State, 50-plus against Georgia Southern. Maybe I'm out of line here. I think Jesus hung 70 on the Sanhedrin multiple times. Okay? <laughs> That's just me. The defense must hold the opponents to a field goal, if not maybe a touchdown only. So scoring big. And then hashtag holding, what would Bama do? Hashtag <laughs> what would Bama do? That's great. That's what Bama does. That's great. They leave no doubt. I, the committee's not going to look at that margin outside of anything extraordinary, like 80 to nothing or you only won by 20 or something and blink bad enough. Well, I think the, com- we sh- uh, like, the committee has pointed out that Cincinnati didn't look good against Tulane. Right. And they didn't look good against Navy. That's what I'm saying. Looking good is <laughs> – What's looking good? Is 35 looking good? Is 28 looking good? Is 58 looking Certainly good? Certainly helps. Like, what? Yeah. There's not going to be a huge difference between winning by 39 and 24 and 58. Or, I don't but know. But there's whatever. a big difference between winning by 17 and 40, right? Yes. So BYU, just win by 40 plus. Just dominate. <laughs> I don't care if it's 70 to nothing or 40 to zero. Rise and shout out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Once again, Jerem. It's Noah Reed. Yeah, yeah. Sports Center tweeted out his story, which is incredible. Our guy Noah, hang in there, buddy. Love You're doing Noah. great. So proud of him and his family. Our thanks to today's guests, Cody Feger and Jeff Judkins. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. We ran up. For Jeremon Spencer, shout out to Danny Bauer. We'll see you later today for BYU women's basketball on the app and men's basketball on BYU TV and the app in primetime. Go Cougs.